Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Taylor Wilde. Welcome back to Wild On Season 4, the podcast where you get the insider's view of the weird, wonderful, wild world of wrestling. On Wednesdays, today's guest is a beast. Well, a bear, to be specific. She is a self-proclaimed lover who punches people in the face professionally. She was a competitor on The Ultimate Fighter Season 30, Ladies and gentlemen, my girl, Grizzly Claire Guthrie. How do you feel now that the episode has launched? Um, you know, I feel like kind of relieved. I think that I think that like since since the fight happened, I think I've just kind of had this like this like dark cloud over me kind of feeling like a loser and that really sucked. I know. Right. I know. I hate saying that, but um, I think I just and I really just felt like like I didn't meet my expectations. Okay. I felt like I didn't meet my coach's expectations, like my teammates, my friends, you know. Uh, so that was really tough for me. And I, But I think watching the episode, I was like, you know, I don't want to lose. But it was like, if I'm going to lose, that was the way to do it. It was a great fight. You know, I like how I carried myself on the show. So I was Good. happy with all of that. Good. But it's not all about winning. It's it's the journey. I know it, it at is. the end of the day it is. It I feels know, win, I know, lose, and but... I know that. I told myself that all the time, but I'm still a competitor. <laughs> I still like winning. I get it. So yeah. what was it like building up to that? Because that was that that's probably the pinnacle of your career so far, right? Yeah. Um, it was interesting because I was I was actually in a transition where I was moving to Bantam weight. So I was moving to 135 pounds. Like that was my plan. I talked to my nutritionist, my coaches were like, yep, go to 35. It just makes sense. And then the day that the, that the the ultimate fighter applications were due, I found out about it and I found out they were doing it at flyweight. And I was just like, I have to go for it. Good for you. So I like hurried and I got my like application in at the last minute and um you know then i had like six weeks to try to start stripping the weight off and so that was tough that was tough but but a lot of it just had to be about the weight at that point so a lot of our listeners are professional wrestling fans and mm-hmm. you know that those fans kind of dabble in both mma ufc bare knuckle and pro wrestling um can you tell our listeners who might not know what that looks like what is stripping weight to go from your weight class down to weight classes isn't it yeah 10 pounds doesn't sound like a lot like to go from fighting at 125 pounds to 135 pounds um you know, and there's people who fight in multiple weight classes and like that's something I'm really open to as well. Yeah. But I just felt like to be able to if I wanted to make um Bantam weight again 135 pounds like my home, mm-hmm. then putting on more muscle would have been like the answer there. You know, it's just like my physique would change. I see. And so then when I when I changed the plan, it was like I was almost in like a bulking season, okay. you know, when I found out about tough. So it was like <laughs> I had to like lose fat and like stop focusing on um, getting bigger as far as muscle goes. Right. And it was just like more cardio. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot more cardio. <laughs> and what did that do to your fight performance? Like, did you feel a big difference as a fighter losing all that weight? Well, the weight cut was harder than I thought it was going to be. And so I'm sure that part of that, because basically August through December. Yeah. That was like me focusing on moving to 35. Okay. I'm, I think it definitely made the cut a little harder, 
almost maybe it was even just because it's been like such a roller coaster with my weight you know i think that that's just been really hard on my body in general uh and then and then the weight cut itself i didn't have all the help that i thought i was going to have or that i normally have okay so i did i did the majority of the cut by myself and part of that was me not asking for help because i just i was almost so overwhelmed already i didn't even know how to how to let other people help me yeah i'll do it Um, myself yeah, so it was just tough. It was tough. <laughs> but I think I think in the fight, too, I think that, like, you know, then the bad weight cut contributes to, like, not so much the first round, but, like, this, the later rounds, the second and third round. Right. You start losing your gas. And I also think that for me, cutting to 125, I think it takes a lot of the power out of my punches. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're, like, how long have you been fighting at the other weight class for? Oh, man. My whole amateur career was at... 145 155 so like i was used to fighting heavier and yeah i was so happy there (laughs) so comfortable there i think something happens you know when you go pro you start thinking oh i need to be i need to fight at the smallest like the lowest weight class possible to have the most advantages and like i think we're learning now that like that's not how it works like you need to figure out where you perform the best and so that's what i'm working on now good for you it's a journey (laughs) (laughs) now ultimate fighter was is a lot like uh professional wrestling's tough enough so (laughs) yeah (laughs) so what is the talent pool in application so if you put an application in what are the chances that you're going to hear something like are there thousands of people like this is a huge accomplishment isn't it i still feel like you know it's still a specific weight class so i feel like for like, like for flyweight, it's like you're going to get people who fight at 125 and then you might get people who fight at 115 moving up for the show. Um, so, you know, it's like there's a lot, you know, there was a lot of alternates and there's a lot of people that tried out. I really don't know how many there were. Okay. I was very persistent bugging the producers, like the people that I knew of who were involved with the show. I had my manager bugging them. And then I have a lot of friends who were on The Ultimate Fighter in prior years. Okay. And so I had some really awesome people who were like putting in a good word for me and stuff. So that that helped a lot for sure too. So it's very similar then. It, you know, of course you have to perform at a certain level, right, but it's right. massively political and you've got to know people. You can't just, yep. you know, walk through the door. Okay. Right. Okay. And they have to, they have to, you have to like make them think that you're going to be good on TV. Like you can't be super boring or, you know, I mean, you know, I think that there's just things you know, they want you they want you to have some kind of it factor for TV. You're a fighter, but you're also a character. Yeah, exactly. You're also <laughs> an entertainer, right? <laughs> so fighting, how did this come into your life? So I was always like a big roughhouser when I was a kid. Yeah. Like I was kind of a tomboy. You know, it was it was interesting. Like I said, I was just like, like I had one brother. So like between like my even my mom, my mom, dad, brother, like we were all like rough. Like that's <laughs> just like how we mess around. <laughs> When I got a little older, like when I was like 12, 13, uh, I was like really emo, right? And it <laughs> wasn't it. super cool. I know. I love it. I'm still there. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but, you know, it was like not cool then, right? So I was like the one, like what, like the only kid in school, definitely the only kid in my class and stuff like that. And, you know, that led to kids. Mom, my mom said, I can't be friends with you. I don't want to be friends with you. Like, oh, I mean, wow. you know, and I, st- I got the all the go kill yourself, all those kinds of really fun things. No. You know, 12's already hard enough. Oh, I'm so sorry. And then you start getting those things on top of it. And so I think it just like, it just made me like really um, like protective of myself. Like sure. I like had these walls that started going up and then, sure. you know, that you're also like a, just a victim for bullying. Like, you know, you're now you look super different. And yeah. like, so people started picking on me a ton and I just got to the point where I was just so sick of it that it was just like, 
violence like became the answer for me. So yeah. like I remember like, you know, kids trying to take food off my like lunch tray, like take my milk and stuff. And I just like, I just like got violent with people. <laughs> and like, I remember some kid like pushing me off the sidewalk when I got off the bus. And I just like dropped all my stuff and like punched him, grabbed him, like kneed him in the stomach, like threw him over this fence. And it just like, that's how people stopped messing with me. So it was innate. You know? This was this was who you were. Yeah. <laughs> the people yeah. drove so it's really this. funny too, because like, you know, my Instagram thing is like Claire fights. And like that has like so much meaning <laughs> for me. Cause I'm like, that's like that's like the reputation I wanted. It was like I wanted to be like, don't mess with Claire, because she will fight you. <laughs> and did was there a big change too when you yeah. started like physically standing up for yourself? Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know what? I was still like a really nice kid. And so that's what was funny is like, you know, I think I think just those, you know, bullies still like those weren't the majority of the kids. So I yeah. think those people, they just stopped messing with me. Sure. And so it gave me more of a chance to focus on like my good relationships with other, you know, with other kids. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, that was good. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you punched somebody in the face? Um, <laughs> man. <laughs> And how old were you? You know, when I was like little, it was things like I like a kid like ran into our yard and was playing our sprinkler and I like took like a water noodle and like beat him into the mud <laughs> with like a water noodle. So it's like there was always things like that going on, but I can't remember I really don't remember like the first time I punched someone in the face. <laughs> I was a big smacker too. I didn't punch as much as I like open handedly smacked people. <laughs> Which is so much more insulting. Oh, it is. And I have like giant hands. Like it's a it's a great tactic for me. Is that where the grizzly comes from? It helps. Your bare hands? <laughs> it contributes to that, right? Yeah. Well, I ask because, uh, so it's not grizzly, but grizzled in professional wrestling is a term we refer to somebody who's like burnt out, the career's over. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to oh say, God, I, I don't think that's where grizzly comes from, but wh where did yeah. the nickname come from? Growing up, I was like, so my school, like, our, like we were the St. Joe Bears. Okay. So like I already had that, right? And then um, where it really started, well, Claire Bear, you know, Aww. I've been called Claire Bear my whole life. I have a best friend named Claire Bear. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and I always liked that. Like I always liked that nickname a lot. And so yeah. like, I felt like, and then, uh, so one of my amateur fights, um, it was just like a mauling, right? <laughs> like it was like a quick fight. And my, oh my one of my God. coaches goes, oh my gosh, you just mauled her like a bear. And I was just like, That's okay, funny. yeah, bear. It's got to be something like this. And it ended up being one of my coworkers. It was like. You know, there's like Grizzly Bear Claire and it was all this stuff. And then she's like Grizzly Claire Guthrie. I'm like, that's it. That's it. Perfect. <laughs> I love, well, <laughs> I love that. was my fight style too. It was just like this really like aggressive, like a lot of pressure. Like they actually referred to like in, during one of my fights, they referenced the scene from The Revenant when uh, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio is being attacked by the bear. I'm like, that's how I want my opponents to feel. Don't fucking piss you off. That's right. <laughs> As there's a sweet little teddy bear sitting in the background. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> so that's the thing. I'm like both sides of it. I yeah. Like. No, I like it. It's it's Claire Bear and the, the mulling of a bear in a crazy yeah. fight. So it's a perfect dichotomy. Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> Do you have a favorite fight movie? What is it? Warrior? The one about the two brothers that have to fight each other in the end in a cage fight. I'm oh, not familiar with it's it. It's emotional. But yeah. Brutal, but I think that, yeah, I think it's called Warrior. Okay. That sounds really heavy. So it wasn't I like, like a... I love that. I love the heavy emotional stuff. <laughs> not like Bloodsport or. 
No. (laughs) (laughs) So being a kindred emo soul, what was your first like heavy concert? Like our first concerts are always like Sharon Lowe's and Bram or Spice Girls. Yeah, my first concert ever was actually My Chemical Romance. (gasps) So it was like you went big. I went like right in. Yeah. (laughs) But then, you know, since then, I mean, I've been to Warped Tour a lot. I've been to Mayhem Fest. I've seen Slipknot. Um, Love it. I've seen, yeah, I've seen hundreds of bands. Slipknot? Best performers to date that I've ever seen. I agree. There's just so many fucking people on stage. It's insane. It's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) And Corey Taylor has such a amazing side career. That whole Stone Sour thing with his. He's got like such a beautiful voice. His voice is. Oh my gosh! I know he's amazing. Have you ever met him? I have not. Ah. I have not. I always feel like the the heavy music world and the fight world always kind of like. See, that's merge. why I'm really hoping that it like that that it leads to that. I hope I get to meet <laughs> a lot of these artists. I've got to meet um, oh my gosh, Maynard. Oh nice! Cool. It's like he's got like a cult, fo- like a cult like following. Like people like bow down to him. I had all the Tool albums. Have all right. the Tool albums. Where did you meet him? Uh, he actually is an Easton member, mm. so he trains at Easton Training Center when he's in town. Yeah, so no it was way. like really casual. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like it was just, it was so wild. And we got, like, I took a picture with him with a couple of teammates. He's like, can you pretend to punch me in the face? We're like, absolutely. <laughs> so cool, super cool picture. Oh, please send that so we yes, can use it for the advertisements. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you probably get a lot of the same questions as a female fighter. Is there any questions that like really grind on you that you're like, oh, why do they always ask that? Like for me, it's people ask, well, how much money did you make? Or is wrestling lucrative? And I think it's, it's not really appropriate, is that? You know, I feel like I actually don't get a ton of that. I mean, I get the like, does it hurt? And I'm like, Ugh. of course it like, hurts. <laughs> it's such a weird question to ask. Like, we're so uh, we're not regular humans anymore at this point. Like yeah. the things that we can take, like yeah. the impact we can take that doesn't phase us is like so That's different true. than a regular person. You know, I think I think the one I get tired of is like the guys who are like do you think I could take you in a wrestling Ugh. match? And we're like, oh, oh my gosh. You're like, yeah, that's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> I know that one. I always yeah, get yeah. like at like the Comic-Cons. Can you put me in a headlock? Oh my gosh. I have to appreciate it though. Like, <laughs> I'm glad they're excited about it. And I love that they love strong women. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I'm like, no, I'm not going to bring your head and put it on my breast. That's yeah, not going right, to happen. Right. You know Sorry. what they're asking for. Professional wrestling, there's a lot of misconceptions. Is there any misconceptions that you want to debunk about your fighting world? I mean, one of them is probably that that we make a lot of money. Like, I think people do assume that. And that's, like, not the case, you know? Yeah. Like, most fighters have some other have some other gig. And it's, it's wild when you see fighters who've, like, been in the UFC for a long time that still have a side job. I'm like, oh, man, it's so unfair. Because <laughs> those... When you guys train for fight camps, you're like, that's like weeks on end, right? Like, how right, the yeah, hell do exactly. you work? So we have to like heavily rely on sponsors. Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're hustling always. Yeah. And you know, I've worked in accounting full time since I was 19. And um, I actually just be- because of tough, like tough was a wake up call for me that like, I thought I was all in. And it made me realize how much time goes to my job, like mm. my, you know, my accounting job. Yeah. And so I actually put in my notice and I'll be done with accounting this month too and just focused on fighting full time. So wow. I'm really excited for that. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm really excited. Was that, like, what went into that? Was that like a terrifying decision? Was it organic? Was it like, fuck it, now or never? 
it was like all of it. <laughs> it's like I, I've always liked the comfort of like having a stable paycheck. Yeah. But I also think that that's something that holds me back. And so I think it's like this is really going to give me an opportunity to like really bet on myself. Sure. Um, which, you know, it's something I, I've never gone all in on my dream. So it's time to do that. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you. That's a that's a huge, huge jump. But I feel like that's that whole mindset thing of abundance. If you hold on to something that you don't love, um, you got to let it go and take yes. that leap of faith. Things start so. to crumble. Like when yeah. you hold on to things you're not supposed to hold on to. Yeah. yeah. Like life inches you away from them. Like you just, it's whether you listen to it or not. Yeah. The universe puts you exactly where you're supposed to go. It's just like you said, are you, are yeah. you hearing it? Right. That's why I think tough was a really, you know, the ultimate fighter's tough. Right? Uh, that's why I think tough was such a great experience for me just as far as that goes. Cause again, it was like, you know, six weeks without a job and bills. Like it was like fighting full time. And I was like, how do I make my life look like this? Like, this is what I want every day to be like. Sure. So it was like a rejuvenating experience as much yeah. as it was a heartbreak. It's like something I didn't know existed, you know? <laughs> like, I, I just didn't even know <laughs> life could be like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. And how do your parents feel about their little baby girl being oh, a professional fighter? You know, they love it. They they really love it. Like, oh. if I ever, if I, if I called them up and said I was quitting, they would be heartbroken. Uh, really? it's, it's funny because I remember like when I first started training, they were like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Right. Like I, like I said, just always aggressive. And, uh, but then when I was like, oh, I'm fighting, like I have my first fight. They were yeah. like, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was really freaked out and she goes, I've never heard her going. Cause you know, it's three, three minute rounds for an amateur. Yeah. So she goes, I mean, what could happen in nine minutes? And I was like, okay. <laughs> We'll go with that. <laughs> uh, I just thought that was so funny. But she, like, we just talked about it too. Like, she can just watch my fights like pretty easily now. Okay. Like, she's, she's not watching through the fingers <laughs> like she used to. <laughs> but you know, I'm like 17 fights in at this point. That's crazy. So yeah. before fighting and being an accountant, what was your childhood dream? What did you think you were gonna do? It's it was weird. Like I even when I was like like in like second grade, I was like, I'm gonna work in an office. Really? Like, I I think it's because my dad did and I thought it was really cool and I liked <laughs> going to work with him. Oh. But I know it was very it was very interesting. Like I did not think I was going to even though I played a ton of sports, like I did not think I was going to be an athlete. And really? I thought like you were you were like born like to be a star or you weren't. Like, and I was like, well, it's definitely not me. It's definitely these people. So like, I, I just, I really didn't believe in myself until I was like in my early twenties and like I'm 26 <sighs> right now. So this is still pretty new for me. Sure. Well, you've but, really um, flipped it around. Yeah. Yeah. So I've really embraced it. And it's like, there was, there was things like in my teenage years, like I was in a musical, like we actually <laughs> did like a beauty pageant where no I like way! sang on stage. Yeah. And like, oh, and I did like a bodybuilding competition where I had to do like a whole, like, whole performance to a song so like it's funny because I look back at it and I'm like okay well I've always enjoyed being an entertainer yeah I just didn't know I was really going to get these kind of opportunities what did you sing at the talent the pageant um, I talent sang portion? get right back um by <laughs> Nightingale I can't remember her first name could but you bust like, it out if you were put oh, under pressure oh, bust it, out. it was so good it's so good <laughs> stuff like that never freaks me out so it's funny because i feel like when i hear that people in fights they kind of you know like some people 
can't like perform to their best abilities under the lights. And that is not my problem. Like I've (laughs) never had that issue. Like I love being in the cage. Like it does not make me anxious at all. You have all the building blocks of a superstar. And it's so crazy to me that you were like, you know what? I'm just going to work in an office. That sounds great. (laughs) It's so, it makes me sad that I lived like that for so long. I mean, you know, up until like this point, it makes me sad that I like lived like that. If people only knew. Well, what do your colleagues think of what's been going on? Like, have you lived a double life? It feels like it. It definitely (laughs) feels like it. But it's interesting. It's like, I think there's just been part of me that was like scared to embrace it. Mm. And then there's like a part of me that is so ballsy. Right. Like, it's it's just crazy to go back and forth between the two. So I think it's like really what's happening right now is like I'm letting this one side go. And uh, that feels good. Like, I feel like I'm shedding weight. I was going to say, you're like becoming your most authentic version of yourself. Yeah. And I've noticed a lot of fighters have a really deep spiritual practice, be it religion or, uh, you know, I see you doing the ice bath, journal. Do you meditate? Like, what are some of your spiritual practices? Because I know about the physical. This is something I feel like I'm I'm still uh, I'm still very new to this point too cuz like okay. I wasn't spiritual at all, wasn't religious growing up or anything like that. Like we didn't go to church or anything. I was like following this checklist in life. Like I was like go to college and I got engaged and I got married and I was like doing these things and like right when I got married, I was like, "Oh, this doesn't feel good." Like I've been I've been like checking out these boxes and like I'm not fulfilled. And like, I realized like I wasn't doing the things that actually like felt good for me. Sure. So that, that resulted in like me, like heavily pursuing, I was started going to church. I started doing these like women's circles. Oh, wow. Um, which was very cool. Cause the women's circle that I started with, it was kind of like, let me give you a taste of spirituality. And it was, it was a lot of meditation, even to things like past life regressions. So I like dove in and I was like, this is what I was missing. Yes. Um, yeah, that, it was. Uh, I, we're so kindred with that. that that's oh, really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, it still feels pretty new. And I still think that like the spiritual part is a little bit of what I've been missing in my fight career. Yeah. Like I have the athleticism and the aggression and all these, you know, and the, the techniques. But I think that there's like this like visualization part that okay. I still really need to like key in on. What is your favorite spiritual practice then? Because I like I know the ice baths are part of recovery, but a I, lot of ath- non-athletes do them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because it, it actually like it is meditation. Like that is my yeah. favorite. I've just like I've just I'm like such a I'm so everything's always very loud in my head. Like I'm a busybody. <laughs> yeah. And so like that's one of the things, too, that like, again, quitting my job. I'm just those are the things that I know I need to focus on. Um, but yeah, meditation has been like when when I take the time to do it, it's so like amazingly refreshing for me. Yeah. I mean, like the class that I used class, I don't know, the spiritual circle, right, that I used to go yeah. to, it was like four hours. And sometimes we were in meditation for like two hours. And really? I didn't realize it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was like group led. So you had the group of women and then you had someone in the middle kind of guiding you through this yep. journey. Yeah. Do you want to share some of your past life regression stuff that you came up with? Yes. (laughs) It was very interesting. And they were kind of a wake up call for me because when I had them, like both experiences, it was actually like in a male body. Right. And so I've had some people tell me that this is like goosebumps. One of my first physical lives, like in a female body. And I, 
it makes sense to me. <laughs> like, I get How that. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's been it. And I haven't talked to many people. I haven't talked to anyone who's had that experience. So I hope I meet someone one day that's on the same page. But um, oh. it was always these, like, re- they were always really depressing. Like, really depressing past life regressions. And it was, like, unfilled, um, like, unfilled dreams and, like, unmet potential. Hmm. And uh, it was, uh, like, broken families. Like, <laughs> it was like, it was really wild. So I was like, I think this is like the lesson I'm supposed to be learning. Like sure. my like soul's been caught in this bad uh, circle. Yeah. And like we haven't been figuring it out. So like this is the life to figure this out. So the tr- this the generational trauma cycle stops with you then. You're the one yes. that's going to do the work. Yes. yes. Solidarity, sister. That's uh, it's crazy. This whole like past life regression thing is yeah. not new, but it's becoming... Like, like you and I can talk about it on a podcast right. and right, right. We, we know what we're talking about. It's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. So yeah. has that kind of been like a quiet motivator for you? Um, it has. It definitely has. And the other thing that was weird about it too is like it, one of them aligned with like this reoccurring nightmare I had as a kid and it was oh, like in the same setting. No. And the other thing that was weird about that too is like in that, like in that reoccurring nightmare, there was always a grizzly bear in it. And so the whole thing has just been... That's mental. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 And it sounds... was like, it was, it's just been, it's been crazy. Everything has just clicked. And even though I, it's still hard for me to find the words to like connect the dots, but like yeah. in my head, I'm like, okay, yeah, this all feels right. This all makes sense. Wow. Yeah. And it was funny. And then the other thing I did one time too was uh, I went to, so, so I was married for six months and I got divorced. Yes, girl. Uh, yes. Yeah, I know. It, it was great. <laughs> huge power move that also changed my life (laughs) like that's when I realized I don't care what anyone thinks and like I'm not scared to fail anymore and like that was actually like a huge huge moment for me that's ballsy yeah yeah one of my friends was like I have this we're having a psychic party I'm gonna pay for you you're coming over I was like great and so I'd never done anything like that before and it was literally (laughs) like this group setting where we had I think there was like six of us and then this woman and she would just go to people like whoever, whoever she wanted to go to at the time. Right. Yeah. And so she talked to each person for like 20, 30 minutes, you know, so she gets to me and she tells me that I was a champion in a past life in a man's body. Wow. <laughs> so again, yep. This comes up frequently. Wow. Yeah. And then she tells like, uh, she tells me that like my soulmate is in my current gym and it was funny because I had just started talking to, to like one of the guys that was okay. like one of my teammates. And she tells me like he has a son and like she tells me all these things about him. And then she quotes him like she quotes like something that he would say to me. And I was like, it was just like, <laughs> like it was it was mind blowing. I love and, uh, it. So, you know, we, we've been talking for a couple weeks. So I was like, oh, well, we're soulmates. The psychic told me. <laughs> Please tell yeah, me you're dating now. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So now we've been together for almost three years. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. 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 Wow. And it's funny because sometimes we'll talk about it. We're like, like when we've had big arguments, we're like, has that <laughs> kept us together a little bit <laughs> because they told us that? Like, I don't know. But I will because of that, I'll say we put in extra work. 
like oh. to make this work i think i love that story yeah, that's uh yeah, i had funny. so many goosebumps Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been it's been wild so what is your pre-fight ritual because you know speaking about spirituality and rituals and things like that uh what do you do music do you quiet out do you get hyped up what's your what's your go-to as far as like warm-up goes like i have like a specific warm-up i do for like the physical which also helps the mental because it's like it's a warm-up that like i think my body knows like okay like it's wartime right Uh, Um, okay but it's funny because then like so i say that but then like like the ritual really is like being very um outgoing and just like i'm just happy before i fight so it's like it's not like let me put my headphones on and hide from everybody it's like i need to like feel connections with like my corners right um and like i just need to feel that we're all on the same page and i feel like that energy i i still then i still feel connected to them when i'm in the cage okay so that's what was a little that's what was hard again on ultimate fighter too because it was new coaches and i've had the same coach in my corner for a long time and like we're really connected okay um and he even told me today he goes i hate to say this he's like but you would have won that fight if your corners were there, like if he was there. And I'm like, wow. I know, I know. Like we're a team, you know. That's your. It, that's that like like soul connection. Like of yeah. course he's a good coach, but th- yeah, there's so right. much more to that. Yeah, yeah, and I, that's a thing for me. Like connection is just like I, I live for good connections. Me too. Mm-hmm. What's your sign? A Virgo. Ah, yes, of course you're a Virgo. <laughs> I've had to fight all of the challenges of being a Virgo for sure. I like to think that I'm like an enlightened Virgo now. Is <laughs> that more balance? Perfect, like being a perfectionist and like oh. being really judgmental of others, like that was like deeply rooted. Really? Like, that was hard for me to let go of. Yeah. I was going to say temperance is probably a big thing for you, like yeah. having moderation, not controlling every element. Oh, everything go doesn't have to be straight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Letting go of control is going to be a challenge for the rest of my life. So. My sister's a Virgo, so I get it. And, cool, uh, cool. I'm an Aquarius, so it's like it could be more like right, opposite. Right. Yeah, very different. <laughs> okay. Let's do a pro wrestling pop quiz. Are you ready? Cool. Okay, okay. Okay. Do you know what a bump is? No. So I guess it would be the equivalent if you break fall. So every time we okay. hit the mat on our back, that's a bump. Do you know what a clothesline is? I'm picturing like a... <laughs> Fucking nailed it. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Can you name two female professional wrestlers? Ronda Rousey is one now. Beautiful. Uh-oh. Nailed it. Alexa Bliss. Yes. Wonderful. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) How long do you think on average it takes a female professional wrestler to get ready pre-match? Like hair, makeup, costume. Oh, three hours. Did you look at my notes? I did not. (laughs) We're on the same wavelength here. (laughs) Do you believe professional wrestling is fake? I'm going to say no. Oh, well, I know. Because I feel like even if like certain outcomes are predetermined, like I can't, I won't say that like, like the, like that the wrestling itself, like the, like the physicality and like the, like the moves, like those aren't fake. Like the impact, it's like there's, st- like I, even if things are pulled, like the impact is real. <laughs> You know, the injuries are real. (laughs) And I think that's coming from a fighter's mind where, you know, like you said, 
the outcomes are predetermined. We yeah. practice the fighting to some extent. But yeah, mm-hmm. like your body, it takes a toll on your body. There's a reason we can't do that forever. Right. But it's it it is very different from what you do. <laughs> I've been I've been very interested in in professional wrestling for sure. Like I haven't closed my mind off to that at all. Like I I I really like that. <laughs> That's cool because I was gonna say we're in a really exciting place right now where you know we've always had the men kind of do these crossovers, but now yeah. with Ronda Rousey opening the door and having you know great success, mm-hmm. that's something that you would be interested in if opportunity oh, yeah. beckoned. Oh, oh yeah, cool. for sure. There's a place like around, um, not too far from me here in yeah. Colorado. Yeah. And like, I met when I, I used, I bartended right when I moved here. And oh, okay. um, there was a guy that came into the bar and he was like, I moved here from Washington and I was an MMA fighter. He's like a black belt in jiu-jitsu. And he's like, and now I'm a professional wrestler. And like he, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> and like, he loved it. And like, he gave me his card. And oh, like, wow. so I have had my eye on that place for four years now. <laughs> well, if you ever, ever think about it let me know and we'll like exchange notes and i can lead you in the right direction and oh awesome i love it because i think you know let's grow the sisterhood let's let's keep this like business venture where we can probably go both ways who knows right i always wonder too that it's like i mean do you think like you have to focus on one or the other i think professional wrestling being sports entertainment right I think you would like someone like yourself, you're coming with a lot of following, you're coming with your uh, your TV time and you're different than someone who has to fight from the trenches and work their way up. That's you're true. coming with notoriety. So mm-hmm. I think you could definitely do both. I like I really do because you're I way think I was more supposed to do this podcast. No, for real. I, I think uh, it would actually make you more desirable if you were doing both because Ooh, I love it. You would be building two different worlds of fight right. fans up. So I, right. I say more is better. More is more. Yeah. I mean, but- I'm getting rid of the one job. So I think it just like opened up some time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, really. I, I think like if, if that's something you're interested in, you yeah. always got a girlfriend and me hit me up and uh, cool. I can direct you. Cause I, yeah, it'd be great. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I love that Grizzly Claire is very much stepping into her feminine and changing the generational cycles and trauma of her past masculine, but being this like badass accountant who's gonna fight professionally for a living. There was so much going on in that conversation. I really hope all my Wild On listeners are enjoying everything we bring you weekly on Wild On because you're always gonna get something a little different from our podcast because it's the insider's view. But I could not and I would not want to do this without my badass punk rock girl band, the Wild On team. My queen, my producer, editor, right-hand woman, Michelle Diras, my queen of all things technological, marketing, social media that I don't understand, Madison Golshani, and our sound engineer from Superkicks Studios, Matteo Sessa. Thank you. I love you guys. And until next week, Stay calm and wild on. Bye.